Welcome Jurassic Fans. This is another episode of Jurassic Fans Arrest Another Pod. This is the 49th episode already. Well, thanks y'all for bringing us up to here. So, uh, I'm Dan, your host, and we have here the man who was called to do Hammond's voice in the upcoming series, Matt the Legend. Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel, good sir. How are you today in this? Well, I'd say it's a, it's a lovely night. I mean, it's not that cold. It's not that hot. I'm a simple man. I have tea. I'm fine. Okay. I have nothing, but I'm fine as well. You have your cats. Don't be unthankful. Uh, But they are, they, they, they are far away today. They don't love me anymore. I will cry in the corner. We love you here. (laughs) Oh. I mean, you've seen that. You've had a lasagna. Now, indeed, we also have here Palio Boy. You see, the one who needs no introduction, huh? There you go. <laughs> uh, hello, guys. Hello, people on the road. How are you this perfect night? Oh, you wow. know, perfect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A, a bit That's of a... good. I love winter, so I'm, I'm, I'm in love with it. Oh, you know, I, I complain oh, on all four seasons, so yeah, I'm perfectly <laughs> fine as well. <laughs> Right, so today we're doing the second part of our uh, David Cope's discarded PDF reading. You know, I guess it was not a PDF back in the day, but the script, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So we're starting now on page uh, 13, if you are following that with us. So uh, let us start there now, all right? So, you know, cut the intro and go right into the, uh, the nitty gritty, right? So. Righty. So, let's do it. Cut to internal of Hammond's apartment slash foyer night. Sorry. In the foyer, Ludlow hands hands Malcolm his coat, just a trifle rudely, and shepherds him to the door. So... You two were just uh, telling old campfire stories, with you? Do me a favor. Don't pretend for a second that you and I don't know the truth. You can convince a Time magazine and the skeptical inquire of whatever you want while I was there. You signed a non-disclosure agreement before you went to the Iceland that expressly forbade you from discussing anything you saw. You violated the agreement. You cost me my livelihood, that on which I relied to support my children. Oh, if your university felt you were causing it embarrassment by selling wild stories to hard copy, I hardly see how I am to... I didn't tell anything. I told the truth. Your version of it? There are no versions of the truth. This isn't a corporate maneuver. It's my life. We made a general's compensatory offer for your injuries. It was a payoff and an insult. Injun never... Injun is my livelihood, Dr. Malcolm, and I will judiciously defend its interests. People will know what I, I want them to know when I want them to know it. Ludlow tosses something to Malcolm hard. It sails across the foyer, upright, and Malcolm reaches out and catches it with one hand. It's his cane. Don't forget that. Malcolm stares at him for a long moment, 
Finally, he turns and walks away, but he does not out of the apartment. Instead, he walks directly past Ludlow, crosses the living room, and steps back into Hammond's bedroom, closing the door behind him with a determined click. In internal Hammond's bedroom, night. Hammond looks up, hopeful, as Malcolm comes back into the room and walks over to his bed. He reaches down and picks up the file folder. Do you have a satellite phone? Uh, two, interior Mombasa bar, day. Roland Tembo, late 60s. Late 60s, skin like leather and the diamond hard look of a cobra. Sits at a table in the middle of an African cafe bar in Mombasa. It's daytime, <clears throat> and the place is half full, mostly with locals, but there are a few obnoxious tourists too. Americans on safari who somehow found the local handout. There's a noise, they're a noisy bunch, but Roland tunes them out, calmly eating his lunch and drinking a beer while he reads a book, eyeglasses hanging low on his nose. Roland suddenly stops reading and furrows his brow. He looks up, he sniffs the air once more, then smiles and calls out a person's name. A.J.? He turns around. A.J. Sidhu, a weary East Indian in his late 40s, is standing behind him, caught trying to sneak up. How did you know? That cheap aftershave I send you every Christmas, you actually wear it and touch it. Sit down, sit down. What brings you to Mombasa? You, tell me. Roland, when was the last time you answered your phone? Um, last time I plugged it in, I suppose. Why? Behind them, the group of tourists, all men, left loudly. One of them, the most obnoxious tourist, berates the waitress. I got a call from a gentleman who's going to Costa Rica or thereabouts. If he's to be believed, it's a most um, unique expedition and very well funded. Well, I'm a very well funded old son of a bitch. You go. The most obnoxious tourists bellows for the waitress. His buddy, his buddy's laughs. Roland throws a glance, annoyed. But alone, we always had great success together, you and I. Just a little bit too much, I think. How do you mean? A true hunter doesn't mind if an animal wins, if it escapes. But there weren't enough escapes from you and me, Jay. Have decided to spend a bit less time in the company of death. Maybe I just feel too closer to it, my... The waitress comes to the tourist's table and the most obnoxious tourists actually pause her ass. Roland is out of his hair in a second. Excuse me. <clears throat> Roland walks over to the tourist's table, says something to the waitress in the local dialect, and she walks away. Behind him, he stares down at the most obnoxious tourists. You, sir are no gentlemen. Is that supposed to be an insult? I can think of none greater. The tourist looks at his buddies and laughs. Buzz off, you silly old bastard. 
what do you have to do to pick a fight with you, bring your mother into it? Are you kidding? I could take you with one arm tied down. Oh, really? In the middle of the floor. The waiter finishes tying a man's wrist to his belt in the back of his pants with a napkin. He pulls the knot tight and the man turns around. It's Roland with his arm tied down. The tourist stands across from him. I mean, my arm. Bow! Roland punches him square in the jaw. The tourist reels, stunned, enraged. He, he lungs at Roland, swinging with both arms. Roland bobs, neatly ducking the punches, waits for the tourist to turn around and bops him thrice in the face. The tourist spins and goes down to the floor, face first. A cloud of sawdust and a loud cheer from the locals rise up in the bar. Back at his table, Roland drops the napkin on the table and sits back down with AJ. In the background, the tourist's buddies hurried hurriedly carry their falling cohort out of the bar. Sorry, we were saying... You wrote the easiest job for no reason other than your bardom. Tell the truth, Roland. Aren't you even interested in knowing his expeditious quarry? Okay. Go on up my ranch. Take a look around the trophy room and tell me what kind of quarry you think could possibly be of any interest to me. AJ just smiles. A two, external African savanna, night. The African savanna appears in shades of fluorescent green, seen through night vision goggles. An animal yelp comes from the left, and the green vista sweeps abruptly toward it. The world blurs momentarily, then comes into focus on a field of long grass. The grass ripples in a complex pattern as animals move stealthily through it. One animal head pops up above the grass for a split second. Teeth bared, a white stripe between its eyes. Sarah Harding pulls the goggles away from her face. Yenas, Ace face its distrepid snout. Sarah is 30, with a compact, athletic body built for the outdoors. She looks through the goggles again, sweeping ahead of her of the hyenas to their prey. It's a herd of African buffalo, standing belly deep in the grass, agitated, bellowing and stamping their feet. Sarah turns to Makina, her African assistant. They'll try to take down a calf, come on. Closer? Sarah scurries up and over a rock face. Makina follows. Closer now, they watch as the hyenas rush the herd running through it, trying to break it up. You know, we could see everything from up on the edge of the cliff. No way. But the view would... No cliffs. Into a pocket recorder, F1 headed... Oh. No, that's you, sorry. Into a pocket recorder. F1 headed south, F2 and F5 flanking, 20 yards, F3 center. F6 circling wide yeast. Can see F7? While she talks, breathless, fascinated by the drama before her, Sarah continues to creep closer and closer to the action. Makina follows with growing unease. Sarah! 
F8 circling north, F1 straight through disrupting, hard movement stamping, there is F7 straight through, F8 angling through from the north. She's practically on top of the animals now. Dr. Harding. Makina has a hold of Sarah's sweatshirt and is tugging her back, at least trying to slow down her progress as Sarah, wide-eyed with fascination, creeps even closer. Suddenly, there is a tremendous bellowing, and the grass right in front of them rips apart, trembled under the feet of the hyenas as they cluster around a falling buffalo calf. They yelp and jump, their muzzles bloody. The adults move aside, making room as the hyena pups come forward, squealing to get at the kill. Sarah's eyes shine with excitement, and she moves even closer whispering to the tape recorder. Brooding behavior is evidence and the kill site. Pups are shared forward and adults help them eat, pulling flesh away from the carcass and... A telephone rings. Sarah stops in mid-sentence, unsure if she heard what she thought she heard. It rings again. The unmistakable chirping of a cellular phone. Sarah and Makina both move out at once pawing at a backpack. A frantic whisper. I thought you turned it off. Two hyenas look inquisitively in the direction of the phone. Sarah comes up with it and jabs at a button in irritation. Yes? Someone speaks on the other end. Sarah rolls her eyes. Ian, this better be important. Sarah doesn't say anything for a long moment. Just listen as the voice on the other side talks and talks. Uh, when? Uh, two, internal, internal mobile field systems. Day. Ian Malcolm's leg, badly scarred, is bared and draped over the end of a bench. Two sandbags are fastened to his ankle and Malcolm is lifting them, painfully rehabbing his injury while taking on a satellite phone. Living in 24 hours, five-member team. Behind them, the sparks of a acetylene torch fly as workmen make modifications on several vehicles, including a dark green Mercedes-Benz AAV, all-activity vehicle. The hood of the AAV is up and the V6 engine has been pulled out. A new, smaller engine is lowered in its place. To one side are two long trailers connected by an accordion-like passageway, like on a subway car, allowing one of them to be towed behind the other. Eddie Carr's handling all our equipment and he'll be there to maintain it. He's designing special fuel trailers now, top of the line mobile search units. Eddie Carr, Fordish, is barking out orders to the workmen. No, no, look at the plans, Henry. You can't place that strut laterally. It has to be crosswide. Look at the plans. From the ceiling, a large metal age crashes down, landing next to them on the floor with a deafening clang. They leap back and look up. A workman waves from a scaffolding. Sorry, Eddie. Spec said can deform it. To L the Psy, we had to test it. Eddie bends down to inspect the cage. 
which is rectangular, constructed of inch-thick titanium alloy bars. Malcolm hangs up the phone and walks up, joining him. Any damage? Minimal. Minimal is too much. It has to be light. It has to be strong. Light and strong, light and strong. Sure, why not? It's only impossible. God gave me from academics. You are an academic. Former academic. Now, I'm actu now I actually make things. I, just, I don't just talk. You think I'm all talk, Eddie? Doesn't look at him. It doesn't matter what I think. Is there anything we've forgotten? Anything at all? Behind them, someone clears their throat. Eddie and Malcolm turn around. Kelly Malcolm, an African-American girl around 12 years old, stands in the doorway to the garage. A duffel bag slung over her one shoulder. She looks at Malcolm and breaks into a wide grin. Hi, Dad. Kelly, what you doing here? She drops the bag on the floor and wraps her arms around him in a warm embrace. He responds stiffly. Vacation. I'm all yours. You didn't forget, did you? She pulls back and looks at him. Did you? And that's it for the week, folks. You know, this was our the second part of our reading of this David Cope's uh, discarded script. But you know, we'll have more in the future because that's what we do. So uh, thanks again for listening to us. And now Matt and Paleo Boy, they are here as well. Uh, so folks, just, you know, can you give us your final thoughts before we come to a close with this episode? Hmm. I think we're getting better at this. We should... Yeah. We should make recordings wearing outfits eventually. <laughs> uh, it will yeah. be amazing. No. And some sounds, you know? Yeah, we Just need sounds. We have to time. we yeah, have to download uh, some some sounds. A Neon Malcolm custom is the next usable thing I'm buying from Amazon. Oh, that's oh, nice. Oh, interesting. Isn't it right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it isn't really a, a custom, right? It's not like John Hammond, like you will have to have like a cane with a number and a mosquito and like everything mm. white. It's just like having like black clothes and then the, the glasses and I uh, guess that's it. No? Yeah. I can wear like this little sign written narrator. Oh. So, so that when I change my, my characters, people will know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Paleo Boy is doing like everyone else. So, <laughs> oh my God, I'm a mix of lives and, and you know experiences. Yeah, yeah. I'm like God, I'm like God. You know that <laughs> Walkman? What was that? See, we don't even know that guy's name, but he's so special to the franchise right now. I want him back in the <laughs> media, not Paul Kirby. Yes, bring back Workman. <laughs> Let's make our, our version of the script with the workman, you know, yeah. being the main character. Yeah, and, and he can be a hero. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he can drop a cage on, he a, his on, chance. A, on an aggressive dino and save everyone. <laughs> oh. He deserves his chance to be eaten by a Tyrannosaurus. Oh. <laughs> what a oh, privilege, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, Pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's uh, the end that Eli Mills had. And also uh, Donald Gennaro, it has like a long list to cite. And it. a thousand of others. Yeah, like yeah. an unknown man, you know, a grant in uh, Camp Cretaceous. You know, one of True. the yeah. Eli Mills grants. We don't even know his name, but he was like just looking up and then was devoured. That was beautiful. So, beautiful. The question of second. 
Yeah, in a matter of instant and he was no more. Right. So um, we also have to remember here that we have Alabama now in our listener crowd. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Alabama. Welcome. Thank please Alabama. please uh, join us every week. Yeah. And yes. remember to share this episode and well, the entire podcast, really, with your friends, friends, uh, your family, and your boo. You know, if you have someone special in your life, well, I don't, but you, you might, might have. So, yeah, and if you have like super intelligent cats, you can share with them as well. That's for sure. I mean, and support us on Instagram. Take a look at the posts, commenting, yeah, and discuss with us. Yeah, that's for sure. And remember that each one, each one of us individually, we have our own accounts as well. You know, so go follow uh, Mad Legend. What is your handle again, Matt? My Instagram. Yeah. Page. Yeah. It's at Matt. RDMS. Yeah, I still wonder up to this yeah. day. Now, what is your handle, Polio Boy? It's at Everton.pass. Yeah, right. So, you know, uh, Everton spied for a reason is there, like, uh, cited, pasted on our, you know, on our description for the episodes because he's the Polio artist who, you know, created this amazing logo for our podcast. We wouldn't even be a podcast if you weren't for this man here. So, Yes, Indeed. Out, you know? and, there you is know, new things on the way, new polywars on the way. Like let's give a spoiler, you know. Yeah. Just wait for that. And also, you know, you know we have also these uh, quite special men here for whom I have to create bad puns every single week and make lasagnas. Matt the legend, who made this all possible. <laughs> you know. Uh, hey. I hope no one cries hearing this, but you know we are coming then to 500 replies and this is so yeah, special to me. Uh, you know, Matt was just like a Dr. Wu to John Hammond. He made me dream possible. <laughs> oh, so cute. Yeah. That's why we're, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Cheerios. That's, that's it. We are here together for you. Who is and, listening yeah. to us. Who is, who is always listening to us and sending us memes on Instagram. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the babies. Well, we'll be here forever, folks. You know, all of you Jurassic fans, we'll be here forever, as you know, regardless of how long forever lasts. So, hashtag four dinos. We'll be seeing you yeah. on the next episode. And remember, keep going for this cup. Dino Clips. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.